Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your Android, iPhone, Kindle, or MP3 player. This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking Neil Blomkamp's Chappie. Aw, how nice. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording. This is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello! Hi! Out Now is a film podcast with Abe and I discussing new movies weekly. We cover some various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler-free review, and then jump back into other fun movie topics. This is episode 182, 182. 182 Dalmatians. That, yep. (laughs) That's the the one that followed up, right? Yeah, that's what they called it, yeah. Oh, yeah, great. It was the the natural choice. (laughs) Uh, yeah, so we're 182, that's the episode here, and the main feature this week we are talking is Chappie, Chappie, yeah. the latest uh, sci-fi thriller film from director Neil Blomkamp, and uh, joining us tonight from Wrath Reviews, he is no reject, but he has been crushed, it's Jordan Wrath. Hello, everybody. Who How crushed you? Tell me who ah! crushed you. <laughs> when did this crushing happen? You, you know. Um, <laughs> and... <laughs> From, I don't remember. From, I don't even know anymore, some refer to him as the Moose, it's Jordan Grout. Oh, hello. How are you doing? <laughs> Great, how are you? Uh, I'm very well, thank you. Um, I should get right into that. I should get into why I'm very well, guys. Why are you very well? At the end of this podcast, we generally go over where you can find more of our work, and I, I say Why So Blue, because I've been writing for the site Why So Blue for the past five years, and I'm happy to do it. But... Uh, things are changing in the world of me. Um, I got a new job, uh, which begins tomorrow, and uh, I will be writing as a staff writer for RantLifestyle.com. Um, so that's happening, um, and that's where you're going to be able to find a lot of uh, a lot of work for me because I'm literally <laughs> going to report to the office to write about movies and entertainment and what have you for, you know, the the week. Yeah, which and still... every uh, you know now and again a sports article maybe. Oh yeah, like all those we, sports like articles. we discussed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, uh, yeah. The, I'll, I'll be uh, working for the site Rant Lifestyle, and I'm very excited to do so. So that's uh, that's a change going on with me, and I figured it applies to this podcast. <laughs> so there you yeah. go. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, you know, huh. I'm quite hard. jealous. I work hard. I'm sweet. Happy. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, all I had to do was you know crush all the little people in my way, but I got there. Um, uh, but yeah, but no, it's, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I do, I do plenty of hard work and I'm happy to, you know, try to go move on to the next venture. So we'll see where that takes me. What else? Uh, we have a new commentary coming, uh, this month because we do do a commentary every month and we have one that's going to be timed with a very certain release, uh, that comes at the beginning of April. I'll just leave it there for now. Um, you might figure out what we're Is talking about. Is it a furious about. release? You might, you, you might, th- you might say so. Is this really serious? You might, you might say okay. so. Okay. But there's a, we've already done one Fast and Furious film as a commentary, so who knows which one we'll do next. <laughs> um, but I'm aware that uh, Brandon, of course, will join us. Hopefully, Abe will be there as opposed to the Terminator commentary. I and, slipped in for a little brief second. Yeah, he slipped in a bit. And uh, hopefully, Maxwell Haddad's going to be joining us for this upcoming commentary. So that should be a lot of fun. Um, what else? iTunes reviews and ratings. Good to get those. 
helps out our show, helps other people find our show. All you have to do is log into iTunes, search Out Now with Aaron and Abe, and uh, you can find our show and click the little review rating tab, give us a little rating, and maybe even write us a little review. It doesn't take much time. It would help Abe and I out tremendously. We yeah, it would. It. So there's that. And um, let's see, what else? Uh, last thing, um, uh, I also co-host the Ichapod Crankcast, a friend of the show, Maxwell and Brandon, who I previously mentioned, and uh, that's that was a podcast covering the show Sleepy Hollow on Fox. Uh, we recorded, I think, what is going to be our last episode of the Ichapod Crankcast. <laughs> no! No! Um, we don't know. But it's not because of you guys. Well, it kind it's of is. It's a show, right? No, we don't know. <laughs> oh. It's kind right. of it's kind of because of us. The show kind of going off the rails there, huh? Well, the show ended its second season. It has not yet been renewed for a third season, so we don't know if it's that, if that's going to happen. And even regardless, it takes a lot of effort to put it put together these podcasts and um, we just, you know, we weren't digging the second season nearly as much as the first season, although it did end quite strong. So, um, if the show becomes, you know, if it gets a third season and it, you know, becomes vastly improved, then uh, maybe we'll continue doing it, but for the time being, I don't think we're going to be continuing that program. So, what but, people will remember is the amazing podcast name. Yeah, I mean, it was the best titled Sleepy Hollow podcast <laughs> out there. That's that was our crane to fame on the Ichapod Cranecast, of course. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but you know, we're all moving on. Brandon's doing plenty of stuff. He's on his own. Max will just start his own podcast, Real Topics, and uh, you know, I'm crushing little people getting new jobs. So who cares, right? The Ichapod Cranecast, whatever. Aww. Uh, <laughs> I kid. I appreciate all the listeners that listen to the Ichapod Crankcast. We certainly had a fun time doing it when we did it. All right. All that's done. Let's move on now. Let's get to the show here. Let's get to a little know everybody where each week we ask each other a question or two and uh, open it up to everyone in the panel, set the tone for the podcast, or better get to know everybody. everybody. No, what? <laughs> I don't even where, where were I don't we? know what happened there. I, I was there. I said it. Okay. All right. Why don't you start this one off? Here? All right. So for everybody, if Neil Blomkamp makes another movie... Where do you think he'd set it? Um, Space. North, North Africa? North. <laughs> <laughs> Best answer. Yeah. <laughs> Space is pretty good, too. But well, North I, Africa would be amazing. G- given that he's you know directing Alien 5, that it seems like Space is the right answer. Well, yeah, I was say, what's the specific universe of Alien 5? <laughs> In the, somewhere it could take place in uh, Texas. You somewhere, never know. Somewhere between LV-145 and LV-367. How about that? There you go. <laughs> That's pretty good. Did you say Texas, Jordan? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it could. You, you, you don't know. <laughs> You're right. This summer, Ripley's back. In this time. In Austin. Yeah. <laughs> <with> live music. <laughs> It'll be set in Texas, but everyone will sell South African accents. Yes, <laughs> with subtitles at the bottom. Charlotte Copley <laughs> is the xenomorph in. <laughs> I've got acid blood. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a question. Um, who is a director that you like who largely doesn't change? Largely doesn't change. Mm-hmm. And I, bring, I mentioned this because obviously we have Neil Baumkamp's new film, which once again involves South Africa, various turmoil happening in South Africa. Right. Uh, various gang activities, action, violence, and the sci-fi element. And I'm curious, what what's what directors out there that you like really like every time you see his movies, but he largely doesn't seem to evolve very much. Not necessarily in terms of. Yeah, there you go. Not necessarily in terms of kind of quality of film, but just in terms of like stylistic choices yeah. and that you can immediately identify. A big I guess, fan uh, of Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson is a. Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. 
J.J. Abrams, kind of. Abrams is a good pick, I think, because I feel like you can... Like, with with Wes Anderson and Tarantino, you can see kind of the quality of the film. And again, it's not necessarily about the quality, but you can see, like, Wes... Like, I I would say Bottle Rockets towards the bottom of the list in terms of Wes Anderson films, but it's also his first movie. But (laughs) all his movies still look fairly similar. But they... I feel like he, even though his palette's the same, it's still, there's been an evolution of that director. Although, I, although again, Wes Anderson, that's an ideal pick right there. Yeah. yeah. He's a good director that you really like. Yeah. You a bull? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Abrams is an interesting one, though, Jordan, because w- that's one where who I wouldn't say, like, the films are necessarily better or worse than when he started with, like, Mission Impossible 3. You look at Star Trek in the Darkness. There, you can you can you can definitely see it as a J.J. Abrams film all the way through through each of them, Super Eight and the other Star Trek movie. I mean, yeah, the lens flare gives it away. That yeah, that definitely <laughs> does. But it's not I like, like most it. of uh, Tony Scott's films, although he's no longer with us. But but even he changed. I mean, you look at his movies and they yeah. I mean, after Enemy of the State, everything went crazy. <laughs> but in each like, period of his career, I liked all his styles. I feel like David Fincher would be maybe another one. He has some that are all kind of very similar style, and he always picks these dark stories for the most part. I can agree with you there. I'd even say, like, Tim Burton almost falls in that kind of... Directors that we can kind of identify by kind of the look of their... of their films, that at the same time, Tim Burton's one where, especially in these last few years, it just seems like there's no real d- difference between the films in terms of directorial style or what have you. Michael Mann? Terrence Malick? Malick's a neat one. Again, it's like movies that you can kind of, yeah, you can kind of, you can see the Malickness in all of those. Mm-hmm. I would say in terms of visual style and just the way the movie goes, it's Christopher Nolan would be another one. You can always tell when you're watching a Christopher Nolan film. And that's one where I guess like the, the kind of the flaws that come up are very similar in, in yeah, in all his films, which I would agree, would I, which I would say for most of the ones that I, that we've named already, and if, you know, if you see certain things as flaws, but even in terms of kind of his storytelling tactics, which is I think something we'll get to very much with uh, Neil Blomkamp and Chappie. That was uh, how you play. No, no, everybody. Okay. No, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jordan. <laughs> uh, let's do a little, let's do a little out now, please. Yeah. Each weekend out now, we have one main movie week that we talk about. Movies, 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 out of please. Uh, did you, did you? I'll be of... honest. I did a little. I did All a little right, talking. For a did, little bit at the end. I did a little bit. I did a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll let you in on that one. TM. <laughs> <laughs> Abe, have you seen any other movies this week? I have not yet, but I'm gonna go watch uh, what we do in the shadows tomorrow. You really uh, should have got on that because we could have talked about it on this podcast. Yeah, you also uh, at tweeted me. Yeah. Telling you to see a movie before a movie podcast. It seemed like a good idea. <laughs> timing. Timing. That's the story of my life. <laughs> timing. Were you, were you studying up on Deont Words discography in case we talked about it on the Is that podcast? how you pronounce it? Okay. Yeah. I was like, Die Antwood? Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I was listening to all their discs. I Abe, was, uh, you Abe, know. Have going you learned crazy. anything from The Simpsons? It's not Die Bart <laughs> Die, it's D Bart D. D. Bart, D. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sideshow Bob. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, I, I hope to catch it tomorrow. Okay. Uh, Jordan Rath, have you seen other, any other movies this week? No, I was going to go see Unfinished Business, but your review, among others, kind of crushed that for me. What about recently? Uh, so I decided not to. 
recently, I mean, I think the last one I saw was Focus. I've been pretty much only going to one movie a weekend. I did finish House of Cards season three yesterday, though. Oh, so there's it? that. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really solid season, but I was kind of bummed out. Not really a spoiler, but there's just nothing super big that happened, I feel like, except for Claire Underwood's hair changing color. It's giant major spoilers right there, so we'll be, yeah. we'll be sure to bleep that one <laughs> oh, out. Oh, God. But, uh, I also finished a House of Cards uh, season three this past week, and yeah, I'd, uh, I'd agree. I do think it's you know it's a solid season of television, because that's what you get when you have a lot of very good actors and very well-filmed shows you know, doing their thing. But yeah, yeah, it's not the most, I guess, eventful of how compared to the first two House of Cards seasons where there's things you could kind of scream out loud. I was like, oh my God, but that not so yeah. much on season three, I would say. I was really running with the hypothesis that there was going to be a terrorist attack at some point in the season. And I was bummed that it didn't come to fruition. Well, there's always season not... four. Yeah. To pray I guess they got to save attacks. seasons. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jordan Grout, have you seen any other movies this week? I watched uh, Unfinished Business, and it's it's uh it's it's just the worst. It's it's really bad. It's not funny at all. Yeah, it's um, it's bad. <laughs> it's really bad. There there's not one one moment where where I was enjoying myself. The best the best part is you say unfinished business and I feel like I have a feeling that like no one knows what that movie is just by saying that title. <laughs> I don't, I don't, besides like us because we do this and people that right. you know watch movies, I, I feel like saying unfinished business is like the most generic possible title you could have for any movie. Like what? It's what an eighties movie starring Jean Claude Van Damme. It easily could business. be. It easily could be. <laughs> <laughs> it could yeah. be. A, it could be a Buster Keaton movie from the twenties about him building something. Like there's been like, what movie <laughs> Uh, Unfinished Business is this terrible comedy starring Vince Vaughn, Dave Franco, and comedy legend Tom Wilkinson. And Legend. Yeah, legend. Yeah. And they go to Germany on business, and pretty much every every cliche that you've seen happen to other people that go to Germany that are American in bad, raunchy comedies happens to them in this movie. Um, although I will give the movie credit because Dave Franco does get... To, Dave Franco, who plays a mentally challenged character, by the way, because that's explicitly mentioned. Right? Oh, it's so embarrassing. Uh, he at one point slips and falls into Nick Frost's penis just because that did happen. Yeah, that, uh, that makes you want to go see, see it right away. Then just, I guess just face, just face first because Nick Frost happens to have his penis in a glory hole as you do, and um, oh my god, and, da and Dave <laughs> this Franco sounds awful. Dave Franco like walks two steps, and but because people can't walk, he just slips and falls at random and oh just falls face first into it, and we get a good close up on that because you know life, life happens. Poor uh, Dave Franco, and the whole movie was just set up with no payoff. Like Unfin unfinished business is an appropriate title. Yeah, and <laughs> like with with him being in the hotel, part of the art display. Like, okay, so I kept thinking, okay, this is going to go somewhere. It never does. He's just kicked out eventually. Yeah, Vince Vaughn, he, the, there's no hotels in Germany at one point because there's like all there's like a, a marathon and like a convention, all this stuff happening on the same time. So they like get these really weird hotels. One is where he has to live in an art exhibit that's also a hotel. And yeah, that's 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 the whole thing. I, I've described what happens with that. <laughs> he just lives in a hotel that happens to also be an art exhibit. There's no joke there. <laughs> yeah, and then they crash their car trying to swerve away from a reindeer, and that's that's just nothing. It yeah, just there's a the next there's scene. some there's a, that's the unfinished business. This title gets better and better actually because of how just a little the payoff there is. They like they're drive they're cruising yeah. down the autobahn, 
and there's a reindeer, and so the obviously they swerve out of the way, and their car does a corkscrew, and then the next scene is just them like getting out of the car, unfazed, obviously, and then the next scene is they're they've arrived via taxi somewhere else, so we never hear anything about what happened to that. I mean, that's again. exactly what happens in Germany, right? So. <laughs> That's. I mean, they're not lying. It is. It is a horrible movie. <laughs> it is. It is. And it has a pretty good cast. James Marsden's in it. James Marsden. Yeah. He's Sienna in Miller, Jim Dan Raphael. Interesting. Yeah, it's... It has talented people. Well, they all lost a big bet. We'll see how True Detective works out. And it's written by Stephen Conrad, who wrote, who did the, who wrote Weatherman. The, the Weatherman. Uh, I mean, like, uh, it's, it's just. Uh, was it truly worse than Hot Tub Time Machine 2? Yes. It is. Oh, God. Wow. It is. It's, uh, I'm so glad I didn't see it then. I, I found out that it was the same director as Delivery Man. Yeah, the, la- the last Vince Vaughn film. A movie I, yeah, you have to tell him what that is too. Uh, a movie I really disliked as well. I wish I would have known that before going in. I probably wouldn't have seen it. Delivery Man's another title where you could say that applies to pretty much anything. I mean, that's like any Kevin James movie, right? Delivered man. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> really hit Kevin James hard for some reason. <laughs> no, I was just like, yeah, whenever I think of Delivered Man, I'm thinking of Kevin James because it's King of Queens. It's like, yeah, sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> God, I, I almost want to save what we do in the shadows. I've seen a number of things. I'll you know, I'll talk I'll talk about another thing though. I'll say that what we do in the shadows is very much worth seeing. It's a new Woo! it's a mockumentary featuring Jermaine Clement of the Plot of the Concords and his very funny New Zealand friends who made a movie together called What We Do in the Shadows, which is a vampire mockumentary in the vein of something like Spinal Tap or Best in Show. Um, very much worth checking out if you can find it. Um, but I will talk more at length about Clouds of Silmaria. Um, this is a film that's probably going to be best known as the film that Kristen Stewart won a Caesar Award for, um, but it should be known for much more than that, beyond the fact that she is very good in the film. Um, the film stars her and Juliette Binoche. Uh, Juliette Binoche plays an actress... Um, and Kristen Stewart's her assistant, and it's a very it's a very, it's a very subdued drama. Uh, Benoche, she's kind of been recruited to play a role. She she made like she plays a fictional version of another. She plays she plays an actress in the film, and um, she she made her fame claim to fame like twenty years prior by playing a role in a play and a film that features two female characters, and she played the younger of the two characters. Now twenty years later, she's been basically recruited to play the older version of that character and that leads into this kind of um, look into the life of, of how she's evolved as a, as a person in the time since she's became a big actor and uh, it's a it's a very good movie very well written very well acted uh, Chloe Grace Moretz is also in the film and she's also very good and she's someone mm-hmm. that I've questioned in the past I know Abe you're know, aware of this <laughs> that's come up on the podcast yes but uh, all it took was an obscure independent film for me to be proven that some of these people are actually good talented actors um. Yeah, I uh, I believe that comes out sometime in like late March in limited release. But that's the Clouds of Sils Maria. Great, um, very good looking film too. It's shot in um. It takes place in Germany, actually. Uh, in the, so there's an antler in the highway. Yeah, there's definitely or a reindeer. Right. No, just the antler. They they ate, they ate, that's just that is that's a deleted scene. They ate everybody the reindeer except the antlers. <laughs> uh, all right, so that was that. Quick. See ya. Let's move on now. Let's get to movie trailer talk. We're going to discuss one of the newest trailers of the week and when it comes out and what we thought of it would have you. And this week we were talking about Ex Machina. Uh, this is a film about uh, about AI, about a robot. Uh, it stars friend of the show Domino Gleason, of course, at this point, Abe, right? He's a friend of the show now? Of course, why not? 
Domino? All right. Cool. Uh, Alicia Vikander and Oscar Isaac. And the film is written and directed by Alex Garland, who uh, has previously written such films. 28 Days Later, Dread, uh, and Sunshine. Um, and this is his uh, directorial debut. And, yeah, all that's out there. I'm going to start start with Grout first. Grout, what did you think of this uh, trailer? Uh, I'm really looking forward to the movie, but I really don't like the trailer. Um, it was like putting me to sleep. But the more I read about the the film, I, I'm excited for it. I, I love uh, good old AI. So any film about about robots, I'll be there. I love Sunshine. And what else he wrote? The Beach and oh, The Beach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah I like The Beach too. So they made a yeah. beach too. Well, that is... it works. <laughs> okay. It's after uh... they actually go to Cancun in that one. <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited for this movie. <laughs> Raph, what did you think of the trailer? Yeah, I'm also pretty excited for it. I thought the trailer kind of went off on a weird sexual tangent that I guess I didn't really hypothesize it was going to go. But that being said, it looks pretty good, and it's kind of funny that it's this trailer and Chappie in the same week because I feel like they're both pretty similar movies. There's kind of a theme this whole like movie year of artificial intelligence. I don't really get it, but then you have like Ultron later in the year. and But... Uh, I thought it looked really cool, and it looks like a really pretty movie, at least. So hopefully uh, the plot is a little bit better than Chappie's. Chappie. Abe? Chappie! <laughs> I thought the movie trailer was kind of intense. It kind of gets into that territory of uh, weird thriller slash psychoses, and it, it kind of made me want to go see it. I mean, I was on board already. But for the most part, it does look visually very good. I'm, I'm just curious as to what happens and what the plot twists might be. I'm also curious that he also wrote Never Let Me Go, which is a book yep. I've read. And, um, Have you seen that? That's, I haven't seen the film. Check out but... that film, Abe. That is a very okay. good movie. And Domino Gleason's also in that. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's something that looks intriguing enough for me just to go and check it out. I'm in the Oscar Isaac fan club at this point, so in anything he's involved with, I'm, I'm kind of going to be there. Um, and you know, he's bald with a beard in this movie. So it's like, that's like extra points, right? That's how that works. <laughs> uh, but I, I'm also a big fan of Donald Gleason, and I, I don't think Alicia Vikander could star in anything worse than seventh son this year. So all those things kind of line up and, uh, make me think, yes, I do want to see this very intriguing looking film from a writer that I tend to enjoy quite a bit. And I'm curious to see what his directorial uh, vision will be like as well. Uh, but yeah, Ex Machina looks Looks, I I agree with you know what Abe you were saying in terms of kind of how it's handling the the psychoses mixed with kind of this thriller bent in this sci-fi world. I'm uh, I'm very intrigued by that. Um, so we'll see how that goes. And uh, Ex Machina hits theaters uh, April 10th. I would probably even uh, limited release, but hopefully spreads throughout the month of April. And uh, we'll see. All right, so that was uh, trailer talk, and uh, and now I think it's time. Finally, guys. I mean, it's been. We're going there. It's been years in the making. Um, it's time for our review of Chappy. Chappy. Chappy likes the pain. You are Chappy. Chappy. It's like a child that has to learn. What's that? Chappy's book? Yeah, it's yours. Chappy's got stories. Chappy's got a book. Anything you want to do in your life, you can do. Write poetry, have original ideas. Chappy wants to paint. Even a robot's a big problem for me. A thinking robot could be the end of mankind. Destroy.
destroy that robot. Burn it to ash. That should have been some of the trailer for Chappie. This is the third film from director Neil Blomkamp, who wowed people with the 2009 Best Picture nominee, District 9, left people wondering about how wowed they really were with 2013's Elysium, and now continues to have people pondering what they originally appreciated about him with this hybrid film of Robocop and Short Circuit. The film features Blomkamp mainstay Charlotte Copley as ro a robot named Chappie, living in a yeah. future Johannesburg and learning how to think, feel, and love as the new AI designed by his creator, Dev Patel, is the kind of game changer that frightens evil military robot designer Hugh Jackman. Is Chappie <laughs> alive? <laughs> Jordan Rath, what did you think of the film Chappie? Chappie was one of those films that I was kind of like, I read your review and I read a few other reviews and I was like, uh, I really hope they're wrong. Because I was one of the few people who both loved District 9 and Elysium. Uh, I really liked both those movies. I was kind of never really intrigued by the trailers for Chappie. And I remember months and months and months ago, I heard that, oh, Neil Blomkamp is making a comedy. And I was like, well, that's kind of weird. He doesn't really seem like a comedy director. And it just kind of seems like... And he's not. <laughs> no, he's not. I mean, it's, it seems like it kind of got stuck somewhere in between of his normal, like, awesome sci-fi movie and an attempt at comedy. And the thing that really just killed the film for me was just the creative choices in the movie. Like, for example, having Deantward, or however you... Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, I believe that's... The right. South African rap group. I mean, I'm not a big fan of their music, but nothing against them. But it's like... You have them as not only your central characters, but your central plot driving devices. And it just, it was just like a method in which that he told his story that I would have never thought was a good way to tell that story. Like making Chappie a gangster and everything like that. It was just, it just didn't work for me. And I thought the last 30 minutes was probably the most like blown camp esque part of the film. And that was like pretty much the only time I was really into the film. I, I mean, I was enjoying myself pretty much the whole time uh, to a certain degree. It wasn't a movie I'd need to watch again, but the last 30 minutes I really enjoyed. It felt like something out of District 9 or Elysium, but just the whole the whole process up to that, I was just like, why did he make some of these choices? Jordan so for Grout. me, it was really the creative design choices that brought it down. Fair enough. Jordan Grout, what is a... What are your thoughts on the Blomkamp film we've seen so far, and what do you think of Chappie? Um, well, I love District 9, and I really liked Elysium more than most people. I didn't love it, but I watched it a few nights ago, and I, I, I think it's entertaining. It's enjoyable. It has its flaws. But I feel like Chappie is a comedy. I feel Blomkamp was trying to do a parody of action films, and... I, I, I sincerely believe that every single scene in the film is supposed to be like a mockery of, of modern action films. It's, everything is so over the top and so absurd and lines that just make no sense at all that I, I feel like it's just his weird way of doing sort of like, I mean, not as goofy as like a Zucker Brothers parody, but it's, it's, it's in that same, family almost from the um the ed 209 type um robot called moose which is uh, like just absurd but hilarious um and even the casting of uh de antward or or, or how yeah. do you pronounce it uh and even hans zimmer's score how it's just 
it's it's good, but at points it's so inappropriate for what's going on. And I feel that was the point of everything. Like, oh, here's here's something that you, you're supposed to think it's cool because it's so over the top, like the moose character, but it's not. It's it's so stupid, and everything in the movie is is intentionally absurd. We'll, we'll get we'll get back. We'll go. We'll, we'll get into the, we'll the nitty gritty of it. So. Abe, your thoughts? Uh, for the most part, Neil Blomkamp, I I really enjoyed District Nine. I remember watching it on an airplane going to New Zealand. The ideal and I was way like, to do it. Yes, exactly, on a five-inch screen behind someone's headrest, and uh, at least I had good, good, uh, good headphones. Um, I wasn't huge on Elysium, and uh, this movie is like a visually stunning movie. The the CGI, the AI, and motion capture, and whatever else is works very well. I mean, the machines they work seamlessly in the picture. It's not as though I ever questioned like, oh wow, you know, well that doesn't look real at all. It looks very good, but it's just. That it's like a it's like a movie that was written by a thirteen year old, and I say that because I have these characters here that are in this ridiculous premise that they have to owe a drug guy twenty million dollars in seven days or else they're gonna die, Hilarious. and uh, they are <laughs> and they have they decide that uh, there's they're gonna go capture the guy who makes the uh, the robot the police robots. Abe, hey, hey, don't you remember when you were a kid when you used to play? Uh, cops and drug dealers this makes yeah <laughs> exactly i i would write the same movie but they they their their logic is okay well we'll go find the off button for these robots and then we'll go and heist this thing and get 20 million bucks and so that we don't die but for the most part these characters are unlikable i don't like any of them there's no real reason for me to like them because when they capture dev patel they're they beat him up and they're gonna kill him and then all of a sudden the third act of the movie i'm supposed to feel sorry for them I, i'm supposed to feel like I, I, they were. I should have been rooting for them all along. No, that's ridiculous. And then there's also just uh, the story is just pretty poorly written. I think that the the dialogue is just absolutely horrific. Uh, there's a waste of Hugh Jackman. His his the his motivations in the movie are ridiculous. He just wants to get his project going. At one point, he pulls a gun on a coworker in an office space and pulls the trigger. <laughs> I mean, come on. No repercussions, though. It's okay. <laughs> yes, exactly. Everyone's just like, yeah, just go back to work. And, you know, but, but again, visually, Neil Blomkamp, he does amazingly, th- he does amazing things. I mean, even with uh, Charlotte Copley in Elysium, with the weapon choices and whatever else, um, very, very cool. I mean, it looks fantastic. I can see why they wanted him to do, like, the Halo series and whatever else, because he's got this stuff going down pat. But... Story-wise, I mean, I don't know what's going on. And this kind of goes into the realm of, of what we talked about with Clint Eastwood a few weeks back of, like, does he get a pass because of past things that he's done? Or is it just that all of his movies have been like this and I was just kind of super enamored with District 9 to, to not see through it? Um, I mean, you, you bring up some interesting points there. And I, I honestly think I, I there was just maybe there's just a lot more working with District 9 than what we've been seeing. And I, again, I, I, um, I like Elysium enough. I like it to a point. I see its flaws and it doesn't hold up as well on a repeat viewings. Um, but I still appreciate a lot about it. This movie, Chappie. <laughs> um, yeah. you, you mentioned, I like, I, you guys bring up a lot of great points. One that I liked is that you brought up that it was supposed to be a comedy. And that's what I remember hearing too. It was supposed to be kind of, it's like sci-fi comedy. That was, you know, a step away from the kind of intense sci-fi stuff he's been doing. And I don't know where that was here. And Deontward, who play basically they play gangster characters that kidnap 
Dev Patel's robotic engineer character to make him initially to make him do one thing, but then it, it turns out that he's created this new AI, which leads to Chappie's creation. The outward, I was gonna say, like at least they were consistent throughout the movie, but but they're not because the, 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 the third act kicks in and like it's a whole new game field here, and it I I just there's so much inconsistency throughout this movie. The story is very sloppy. I mean, you have Dev Patel, who I mentioned gets kidnapped, is allowed to basically freely come and go as he pleases to the gangsters that kidnapped and beat him, uh, because why not? Um, <laughs> you mentioned that Hugh Jackman pulls out a gun in the office. That pretty much everything Hugh Jackman does is, like, the worst possible decision you can make. Um, <laughs> the The visual polish on this film... I don't know what the credit to give is at this point for that kind of thing, because we live in 2015. I mean... I kind of expect movies to look good. Like, it's like, I, I, it's rare that I see bad CGI in a movie. And I'm glad that, you know, Blomkamp can make these, you know, cheaper movies that merge the, the motion capture work with, you know, real life settings and what have you. And that's great and all, but well, I don't know what to praise about that at this point, unless there's, you know, something that's really, truly awe inspiring, like, you know, gravity or something. Like, mm-hmm. That there's, I don't know what Chappie did that's any different from you know other movies I've seen recently that incorporate this kind of you know Dawn of the Planet of the Apes or something like that. I mean, there's, I I don't know what this movie does that makes it all that different that makes me really want to you know make it stand out. So what I'm left with is you know how I responded to this movie and that was poorly. It's just this hodgepodge of ideas that oh a lot of a lot to things like RoboCop and Short Circuit obviously along with other you know Wally a lot of other robot movies right. in general, but it's just all very poorly done. And it kind of stops and starts while it's fairly entertaining all the way throughout. I can agree with that. It's still just so, like, just, I, I have nothing to, like, latch on to because you're right, Abe. Every character is unlikable, including including the very charismatic Hugh Jackman. Somehow they make him not likable in this movie. Even as the villain character, you still, like, there's just nothing there that makes me want to support anything about what he's doing. Yeah. Mullet and all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the aunt word is like the kind of it's the kind of goofy choice that would like in a more competent director's hands could maybe work in some way because it can embrace the kind of energy they have but here it's just like why are we still dealing with these people when do yeah. they go away and why are there gangsters that have even worse hair than they do it's just like all these different things that <laughs> yeah happen. why did why did michael shannon get super buff and go in this movie yeah <laughs> <laughs> almost seems like it right yeah and yeah the action is decent enough but there are so many better ideas here, clearly. Like, just the the way the third act takes place, all the things that happen there, it's like in the sprint to, like, get across all these things that the movie didn't have time for because it had too much nonsense going on to get to those things. It's just, it's a mess. It's a mess of a movie. Yeah. And I, I, I support the fact that it's, you know, this original idea and that it's, you know, sci-fi and it's cheap. And, you know, it it, it brings people to theaters in it to an extent, although it, it's number one at the, for this weekend and only made $13 million, which is not terribly great. Um, but given its budget, it's, it's given its not budget, too it's bad. fine. But it's like, yeah, I guess people wanted to see this to an extent. But yeah, they there was not much to dig into. So yeah, did really did not enjoy Chappie very much. Yeah. It's also one of those things where it felt like it didn't have an end game. Like the end game for literally seventy five to eighty percent of the movie was they need to pull off the heist in order yeah. to not die, and you don't care about these characters. So the end game you don't really care about. And then, like you said, the last, like, 30 minutes, there's a new end game where you're like, oh, well, now this is pretty interesting. But they just sprinted through just all this ridiculousness. And then, I don't know. And, like, it's something that Blomkamp, I love his action. And that's part of the reason why I love Elysium so much is because he films action in a way that 
like I really enjoy. I agree. And there was just, I mean, there's pretty much no action in this film except for the last 30 minutes. I mean, the other action, like action scenes with quotation marks are, I, I think you could barely call them action. Right. If you which took is, away the slow-mo, they're not action. Which, which is, which is, is fine. fine. Like it, you yeah. don't necessarily need action in a movie to make it good, but it's just like the, the potential it had to be something else. Such yeah. as, you know, just being about Dev Patel creating this new AI that makes a robot able to think for itself. Like there, that's, that's Dude, that's neat right there. He's he's created basically like uh, some sort. He's created consciousness essentially. Yeah. And he goes to the CEO, and the, and the CEO's like, "That's not the business that we're in." Sigourney Weaver we're, is like, "We're in the business of making police robots. <laughs> we don't want to make something that is life changing. We just want to make police robots for South Africa." And it's like, okay, all right. Well, I guess that you could throw away this billion dollar idea and just go and work on the moose. Man, listen, this is the work. Of Dion. It's the work of some filthy rogue program that he's been writing. And last night, he brought a droid in here, and it was sentient. Right? And, and have you seen this? Do you know about this? I told him no. One thing yeah. I will point out is that it does bring up good questions, albeit very, very compactly and, and very sporadically throughout the film. Um, because Chappie has some good questions that he asks about, you know, things, existential questions, like what humans ask sometimes. of Like, well, why do we have the ability to lie to each other and hurt each other and whatever else. But the thing is, like, it's all layered underneath all this stupid premise of being a gangster and being the coolest guy on the block and then learning how to be, um, you know, not a pushover and basically a, a, a family story of a stepfather and your deadbeat real father. I mean, yeah, so, it's, it's fine. Yeah, it has... It has big questions, but that's the same as saying, like, Optimus Prime asks at one point, where did all the Transformers come from? And then it doesn't go in, like, who cares if they ask the question? Like, there's no, it just brings but, stuff up, like, hey, look at this idea I have. Never mind. Yeah, and my, like, and my but... point is, like, there's so many ideas thrown at this that it doesn't really, I guess, it, you know, in terms of being a comedy, I could see that because the way that the music cues are going and whatever else. But for the most part, it just has too many questions that, that a serious movie would really focus in on and hone in on and say, these are the questions that I really, really want to answer for the audience and maybe just leave them thinking about. And instead it's just throwing everything against the screen there. And again, I say that it's written by a 13 year old because you have, you know, these characters that are tattooed and they sing and they're also rappers and they're also really cool. And, and they hang out in the, in the wasteland district of RoboCop, the onward is the weird. Is like such a like they play basically themselves apparently since they wear T-shirts that say D onward on them and are named after themselves. And they're named <laughs> yeah, they're named Yolandi and Ninja. Yeah. Apparently, their career goes very south in 2016. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they get mixed up in some drugs and well, <laughs> yeah, apparently, yeah. This movie, it's very dumb. That's another thing I just want to say that, out that, loud. That's what I it's would a say, very yeah. dumb movie. I mean. Yeah. I already talked about the yeah we talked about the Hugh Jackman pulling out a gun at work thing, which can be a little thing. But then there's also like yeah like the Dev Patel like gets kidnapped, beat up, then just drives away, doesn't say anything to anybody. No, so then it, it is back. dumb. Then, <laughs> yeah. then there's the, the let's get to this company that what he works for where he where Dev Patel can just freely the one that has the it's the the nerve center for the advanced robot system that polices all of Johannesburg. You can just kind of walk freely in or out of it. No one really seems to mind. There's oh, no you've got the access there. card. Yeah, he has one little card. No one, there's no <laughs> questions asked. If you if you remove the chip that can damage the entire police force, you get an angry message on your answering machine that says, "Return this now, or else there will be consequences." <laughs> like what? What happens at this company? How did this company get to be so secure? <laughs> 
It's because they owned the city, man. I don't know. But yeah, no, there are a lot of ridiculous questions just like that that the movie just brings up for whatever reason. So there's a part where Hugh Jackman's kind of doing his nefarious thing, and then they show the, the image of the little thumb drive still on his computer, and it's like, oh, they're going to get him that some way. But instead, Dev Patel just goes and confronts him and then kicks a trash can on the way out. So he's like, it's going to come back to you, man. He's just like, what? Who wrote this? Like, this is the stupidest motivation. These or are the stupidest he actions. He doesn't report anything. <laughs> yeah. And again, he, he says, like, uh, you're going to go down, man. It's like, you have all this evidence. You could have gone to the CEO who, who sits literally 20 feet away from you <laughs> in this glass door and just say, hey, by the way, I have all this information here that shows I hacked my – or I, you told me to go and figure out what's going on. I figured it out. Somebody was – Hugh Jackman was trying to turn off all the robots, and the the ID is still in his computer. Oh, boy. And instead, he just kicks the trash can and goes and – Storms away. Storms away to go to go back to D. Atward. <laughs> I think my favorite scene is when Hugh Jackman is looking at them through his binoculars, yeah. and he lowers them, and his point of view is, like, the same as the binoculars. <laughs> He's just like <laughs> – a few feet away from them, <laughs> like hiding out. <laughs> it's the kind of thing where I feel like you mentioned the Zucker brothers, but they could pull this kind of thing off. Like they could. Well, no, I'm they... I'm not saying like it, it was successful, but I'm no, saying. No, I'm sa- but I'm saying if this was just an over the top, like you're saying, it is an over the top movie. It's just the comedy doesn't really hit. I, right. I'm thinking if you know comedy directors had like this kind of you know this visual style handed to them and just edited things differently they could probably find the humor that's supposedly supposed to be in what is said right. to be a comedy to some extent where you have little things like Hugh Jackman like running around in short shorts and high socks holding up binoculars <laughs> spying on people <laughs> from five feet away <laughs> and just when uh, he um Patel looks up from his cubicle and Jackman's always glowering at him yeah he does <laughs> That's that's why the moose doesn't work because he just spends his time being jealous of Dev Patel. <laughs> he made one robot like nine years ago. It just keeps like right. saying only why don't you one want robot. This? Yeah. <laughs> and the thing that sucked about it too is the the beginning is quite strong. Like the first ten minutes are very good. You know they've got the two clips of you know whatever Chappie might have brought to them in the future, and then they go eighteen months ago and they have the uh, the Sting shootout. With the robots, I was like, this is cool. Like, if the movie kept up with that momentum, with that kind of energy, it'd be pretty good. But it just goes into the netherworld, like, Even like right the, after that. The opening stuff with D. Antwoord is not bad. Like, they're not, they're not actors. And I can't say, I wouldn't say, like, they're awful here, given what they're yeah. supposed to be doing as characters. It's just the movie doesn't know what to do with them. It doesn't know what tone it's going for. It doesn't know how to best utilize this kind of goofy energy that's coming from this random rap group that's supposed to be other characters. I got, who's the hero in this movie? Is it Chappie? Like, who's the hero in this movie? Uh, supposedly, yeah. I guess so, right? Yeah. But again, you know, you get D-Ant where they're, when, when you're introduced to them, you don't think of them as the the main characters in this movie because you just think that this is some sort of scenario to set up Dev Patel's character. But then they become the main characters, and they're, again, they're just, they're not very likable, although there are some points when they're trying to teach Chappie how to be cool and whatever else, which are kind of endearing, but then because you the know Chappie that it's stuff, not... like, we haven't talked about Chappie at all in all yeah. the Chappie talk. Like, Chantal Copley does a good job as Chappie. Does. Like, that yeah. robot, like, yeah. did you guys, did you guys, Jordan and that... Jordan, did you guys like the Chappie work happening? Oh, of course. I, yeah. I think, I think Chappie itself is the strongest point of Chappie, just because... I mean, I think that's why a lot of people, I know, 
I've been reading a lot of people say, oh, I really like this movie. It had a lot of heart and everything. And while I somewhat disagree, I think a lot of people fell for Chappie pretty hard. I didn't necessarily fall that hard, but I enjoyed whenever Chappie was on screen. It was fun, but it's it's he doesn't necessarily steal the show enough to bring the film out from its problems. Which is yeah. a great. That's that's the perfect way to put it. I mean, there's like <laughs> Charles Copley does a good job as Chappie. Chappie's animated like very well. You see, you know, the little ticks and stuff in his robot body, the way he's you know voiced and the way he learns. To, although I think this is more of a script thing than Chappie thing. Chappie, I get that it's an AI, but it's it seems like there's a lot of jumps in logic in terms of what he's able to accomplish, given that he's a learning robot. Like at some point, he's you know he's stealing stuff, and then the next point he's hardwiring several PS4s together to make an ultimate CPU. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't remember I'm what glad that, I'm not the only one that was like, what the hell did I, I don't do remember here? what Ninja taught him those <laughs> like, skills. He really can do that? I mean, we should just do that. Yeah. Well, Patel well, you know, taught him to do that in one of those so. scenes, probably. For the most part, yeah, I did like Chappie. If it's all mocap, dude, Charles R. Copley, and again, you mentioned Down on the Planet of the Apes, there should start to be some sort of recognition for these kinds of performances. Where they are basically acting, you just don't see them as as the way that they are physically formed. You know what I mean? Like, uh, what's his face? Who does Circus. John the Planet of the Apes? I can't remember. Yeah, Andy Serkis. He does an amazing job, and so does uh, Charlotte Copley in this one. It's just, you know, I just didn't really think about it until afterward when I read that. Hey, Charlotte Copley did some mocap, and he uh, had to actually, you know, walk the walk and do whatever else. It's really good. Chappy. And like so many moments that were supposed to be emotional. Okay, so there's a scene when Dave Patel, <laughs> he uh, <laughs> Dave, Dave yeah, stand-up comedian when, uh, Dave Patel, when, when, Dave, when Dave, yeah, yeah. When Dave Patel, he he's talking to Chappie and he's like, "Oh, you're so much more than than I could have ever imagined." And I thought, well, is that a good thing? Because this this robot you created is like going out robbing people, like beating people up. I thought that's that's not really necessarily a good thing. So that's that's where sort of my idea comes in. It's like all like every moment is intentionally false. And I feel like like I mean that that moment in particular, it's supposed to be laughable because first of all, like it seems like just on a surface level, he's exactly what he wanted. But after he he got introduced to the Antwerp, he just became a a lot worse. Like he became like the worst case scenario you could ever want for making a robot. It se- it seems like like you're describing like the Paul Verhoeven version where there's a lot of satire in this movie, and that's just not there for me because just none of that worked at all. Like it 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 may be like the the skeleton of a sat of a like a a sat a satirical futuristic film about Johannesburg and the use of drones essentially could like play as this, this cautionary tale or something, but none of that's really there. Yeah. And I really wish someone like Verhoeven would have directed this. I wish that Bloomkamp would have been smart enough just, to realize like, oh, this can be so much more or, effective. Or Blomkamp gets a story and, credit and then someone else takes the screenplay duties away from him. Exactly. Yeah. Do you think it was like the studio execs or something that decided to change it from a comedy? Because I feel like it started off, at least when it was first reported, it was like going to be 100% comedy and -hmm. all these stars were attached. And then it's like all of a sudden, like, I I mean, I didn't laugh once. So I I wonder, like, who made the decision along the line that was like, no, let's make this somewhat more like Elysium and District 9. 
like a little bit more serious. And and just to add on to that too, they're all the the posters and whatever else. They're very child friendly, or not child friendly, but they've got like you know markers and whatever else. Yeah, he's got his name Chappie in the block letters. The idea is to convey that he's a young learning robot, but at the same time, I I agree with kind of the trailer marketing because there's two trailers out there that sell two different movies. And honestly, I didn't know what this movie was going to be going in. I knew very little beyond just it was called Chappie. Uh, I didn't know where the plot was going or what have you, and I wouldn't be able to tell you even after watching the trailers but not seeing the movie because, like, one sells, yeah, this kind of, this, this, like, fun, look, this robot thing's happening, the other sells this, like, this hard sci-fi robot action movie, and it's, like, so it, it basically describes thoughts on the movie, whereas the movie doesn't know what it wants to be, so I guess the trailers got it right because they're like, well, we, we got all this, what do we, what do, we do with it? <laughs> Let's capture all audiences. To speak to Jordan's point about the, um... Uh, stu- like possible studio interference. I don't know because I mean the mo- if it was a lot more expensive, I could see that as a possibility. But I feel like Blomkamp keeps his budgets low, and you know was writer, producer, yeah. director on these movies because he knows he- because he's given kind of a his he's given enough enough length on the leash here to do what he wants and turn something in. I'd be right. I'd be curious. I wouldn't be necessarily surprised. But at the same time, looking at District 9, then looking at Elysium, then looking at this, they feel like very similar movies. Uh, and I, I just, I feel like if anything, it's just he's not very good at this kind of material. At this kind of, this, if, if yeah. handling a kind of satirical edge that works in a more lighthearted spirit. Like District 9 did do that. I think it, it had a, you know, it was this apartheid allegory that had a lot of satire in it. It's not, you know, not humorous satire, just kind of a sharp edge in terms of how it addresses the past of South Africa by way of this sci-fi right. alien film. And then Elysium a little more foolhardily tried to handle like healthcare and economy, um, yep. which isn't a, which isn't a terrible idea. It's just his delivery on that wasn't the tightest, which he even admitted to uh, this past week when he was, or like two weeks ago, he was just talking about how he wasn't totally confident in the story of Elysium. Yeah, he was pretty explicit in the way that he, uh, he and said I have this too, movie, and I've so. seen him talk where he's, you know, this is a much more personal film for him than Elysium was, so it seems like it's the story he wanted to tell. I just don't know if he was the right person to tell it, which is a shame, I guess. Also should be noted, and this is something that I realized in the movie and I just remembered, and it's kind of nitpicky, but it's like, how is Dev Patel's character not, how is he like still in like a crappy cubicle when he's essentially the whole reason that 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 company exists? Yeah. Like any, any person who created that huge invention that an entire city of South Africa is using, I feel like he would be almost a C-level exec, if not right below. And he's like (laughs) sitting in a crappy cubicle. That's like getting guns in his face. Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand why he didn't just make his own robot at home because he has those small little little toys that follow him and give him he's stuff. Got, yeah, and... he's got Wally and uh, yeah. I was like, well, Wall-A. why didn't Patel just uh, build off of these? They weren't smart enough. It's a very <laughs> dumb movie. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think we talked plenty about Chappie. Um, Chappie. Chappie. All that. What would. <laughs> what Jordan Rath, when would you say people should go see Chappie? When it's on Netflix and if you have some time. Grout? Um, yeah, at home. Blu-ray. I think it's an interesting movie uh, to see with a bunch of people. I think there's a lot to talk about afterwards. Abe? Yeah, I'd kind of just say uh, uh, cable television. Yeah, if you could if you could see it in a dollar theater. I mean, it's a, it's a good-looking movie and it's certainly, I agree that it's interesting to talk about it. It's just, it just goes so wrong <laughs> so quickly. It goes wrong pretty quickly, by the mm-hmm. way. Like, it, it didn't take me long to be like, it like didn't take me long quickly. to be like, 
oh yeah this isn't a good movie <laughs> like i wasn't sitting there <laughs> well there's that painful exposition and like the first three minutes that goes on there's forever no of this movie by the way like there's an ending in terms of like it ends but i mean well the ending doesn't match up with the, beginning. Up with the beginning but there's also so like that... there's no repercussions for one character uh besides well you're you you're you're beat up a little and i i it's more of like we'll end on a cool shot that implies something and that means ending although it's like wait what what where where else where, what happened there is are the robots back i i it just i i had so many questions at the end of this it's actually going to lead into terminator genesis too chappy, chappy. <laughs> oh god <laughs> too chappy, but everything chappy. that happens in the last 20 minutes that's the reason to see the movie. It's so crazy. It's the kind of, it's the kind of thing where and, I feel like Ex Machina is going to handle a lot of this material better. At least I hope it does. I hope it does. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that, again, if you work on the storyline, it should be better. But okay. anyway, yeah. You kind of almost wonder if there's going to be a sequel because it kind of sets itself up to be its own film. But at the same time, I could easily see if a sequel. If there was going to be a sequel, I could only hope that it's a Nickelodeon cartoon series on Saturday mornings that features Dion where does the score and the voices in Chappie's, you know, Chappie Babies or something running around. Chappie Babies. I, I was more thinking not to give anything away of a, a buddy cop that film. Too. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know where you're going with that. Okay. Let's move on. I like that. Let's I won't move, say anything else. Before we get else. to more fun, let's get to our sponsor real quick, which is also fun because today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Hey. You can get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com. There are over thousands and thousands of titles to choose from for your various MP3 device type players. Um, and I have a book to recommend this week. It is called Robot Dreams by Isaac Asimov. Um, this is a compilation of a lot of Asimov's short stories about robotics. Um, I'll just read the little description here. A robot psychologist must outwit a machine ter- determined to stay hidden in Little Lost Robot. A woman's talent for light verse overshadows her true accomplishments with her robot servants. The last question presented to computer after computer over a hundred billion years may remain forever unanswered. Uh, there's other, there's 17 more of these like little short stories involved by Asimov, who of course wrote uh, I Robot and developed the the, the lost robotic robotics among other you know kind of robot lore out there. Uh, but that's just one of the many things you can find at audibletrial.com/slash/outnowpodcast. Uh, so be a winner, read or read. listen. Audibletrial.com/slash/outnowpodcast. Back from that, let's do a little feedback here. Let's do a that now feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Of course, we'll go over the various questions and answers that were received on our Facebook page, facebook.com, where we ask the listeners and the fans what, you know, just various questions. They give us some answers, then they ask us some questions, we give them some answers. I'm going to start this one off. (laughs) First question, do you want an Alien 5, and what do you think about this whole business in general? So this comes as, um, because uh, Neil Blomkamp was, of course, talking about how Fox has basically proved that he's going to be the director of Alien 5, or whatever it's going to be called. Uh, he did a lot of kind of uh, concept artwork for for it and what have you, and apparently Sigourney Weaver is going to be involved as well. So Ripley's back, and uh, so with that question, you guys can answer too. And I'll let me read the uh, responses first. Manish says yes and no. I am hopeful they go back to what made Alien a classic, and I'd love to see Sigourney Weaver in the lead sci-fi role again. But even so, sadly, most Alien fans aren't as forgiving. No matter what they do, they the the hate will be strong. Uh, George says. I would rather I would much rather see another Alien movie than the Blade Runner sequel they have planned. And Alessandro says I'm cautiously cautiously optimistic. With the, with the exception of other movies in the Alien franchise, have been dis- disappointed to say the least. I think with the exception of like the first two, if I had to guess. Uh, so I'm eager to see Neil Blomkamp try since he is clearly passionate about the series. I could it could go either way. 
this movie might end up being another Superman Returns or another X-Men First Class. So I'm going to wait and see what happens and try not to prejudge it. Uh, Jordan, you have, Jordans, you have thoughts on this? I guess I've never been. I mean, I've seen uh, the first two Aliens. haven't seen the other two. Uh, and, and I admit that they're good, but I saw them far after they came out, probably when I was too young. I probably, should probably rewatch them. So it's something that I get why people are excited. Uh, I just hope for Neil's sake that he's able to pull it off, kind of, especially after Chappie. I hope that he kind of regains his composure a little bit. And I mean, I hope for the best. I know that they kind of revitalized the franchise a teeny bit last year because I guess they had a pretty good video game. But um, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, hopefully it. Uh, I hope he leans more towards the horror side of it. Although I hope there's some action in it as well, but I feel like that's kind of what made the first two so strong. Right. Now you you say that Resurrection's like the best of all four movies, right? That's that's you. Well, what do yeah. You, <laughs> what do you think of all this? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm 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 excited for it. I don't really care about it that much. I I love Alien, Aliens. I, I even love Alien Three, and I do like Alien Resurrection. I don't think it's great, but I enjoy it. So if if it's a bad movie won't bother me if it's a good movie well then great for neil because i'd like to see him do more original sci-fi pictures and if it does well hopefully we get more so you know i'm rooting i'm rooting for the movie of course i I never want someone to fail so i i hope he does well that's a good way to put it because i never want anyone to fail either like it i'm not i'm not i'm not i'm never one to you know i i like seek i don't mind sequels and i'm I, I say this constantly. It's not sequels and remakes and prequels and reboots and what have you that get me angry. It's bad movies that I don't like. So I'd rather see good movies, regardless of where their origins stem from. And if anything, I just would hope Neil Blomkamp has someone else writing Alien 5 while he directs it, because he's certainly a good visual director. It's just his storytelling mm-hmm. hasn't, been, hasn't been coming up very well in these recent years. Yeah. yeah. And I'd rather see five more Chappies than another... Like RoboCop remake. Abe, you have any thoughts on this? For the most part, I'm cautiously optimistic as well. I'm kind of going to wait and see, I suppose. I'm excited because, again, you guys have mentioned the visual direction. I've seen the concept artwork. It looks pretty neat. I'm glad that Sigourney Weaver is going to be coming back. But I don't want it to be like a a fan homage kind of thing where they're just going to put up a bunch of stuff and make you say, oh, yeah, I remember that part. Or remember that one time from Aliens 2, and, oh, look, a cameo by Newt. You know, it's like, ah, I'd rather see something original and um, not so much have to pay a lot of fan right. service. Right. Next question we have is, uh, what's your favorite good robot? Um, Adam writes, Wally. He's pretty good. He kind of cleaned up the Earth by himself, right? Uh, Willie writes, Android 18 from uh, Dragon Ball Z. Ah, okay, I was wondering. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan writes, Wally. Uh, Rob writes, I have to agree with Ryan. And I, like what our, I like when our listeners agree love. with each other. <laughs> the good community that we have out now. <laughs> Jason writes, Red Tornado. Uh, Tammy writes, Johnny Five. Uh, Philip has the Iron Giant. He's pretty good. Uh, Manish writes, R2-D2. He's a good bro. I've been saying and, that for years. <laughs> lastly, Justin writes, Sunny. But I always have a special place in my heart for Optimus Prime. Uh, Sunny from uh, iRobot. Ah, okay. I, I didn't know that one. Not a Sonny okay. Corleone, um, who many people thought James Conn was actually a robot in that film, but I'm, I'm here to disprove yeah, that I mean, right now. <laughs> he went to an electrical shock. That's why he couldn't pay the toll booth on time. Yeah, that's the gif that got, they have him being killed. electrically shocked. Yeah, uh, exactly. Bad robot. Uh, Philip has... 
Philip says Jeep Man wins because I'll get to that, I guess. Uh, Manish has Hal. Rob has, once again, I agree with someone else here, Hal 9000. Though technically he's a computer, he's still AI. I agree. Not really a robot. Uh, Jason writes The Terminator. Mike Jones writes T- The T1000. Competitors. And J-Man has the bad robot from J.J. <laughs> Abrams' bad robot bad robot logo because someone had to say it. So <laughs> <laughs> That guy's just like running into the cornfield. It's pretty spookily. Bad robot! It's also uh, Gil Brenner Westwood? from Westwood. Westwood. From Westwood. Westworld. He lives in Westwood. He lives in, he gets, he's going Westwood. to UCLA. He lives in Westwood. <laughs> wow. Oh. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Dave Patel. <laughs> Dave Patel. <laughs> I watched the movie Yul Brenner and Dave Patel go to UCLA. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next question we have is favorite villain turns from actors who usually play Does good guys. A friend of the show, uh, uh, the villain Moose Controller. Yeah, friend of the show Maxwell <laughs> writes Matt Damon, the talented Mr. Ripley, and Tom Hanks in Road to Perdition. Oh, I'm the bad guy there. Uh, Scott has Harrison Ford in What I Lies Beneath. My wife, but I did crash a plane. <laughs> <laughs> <And> his wife. <laughs> <laughs> Philip writes, uh, Benedict, Timothy, Carlton, Cumberbatch, and Star Trek Into Darkness. Yeah. (laughs) Spencer writes, Christoph Waltz in Inglourious Bastards. Uh, Manish writes, uh, Heath Ledger in Dark Knight. Uh, Tyler writes, Robin Williams in One Hour Photo. Adam writes, Tom Cruise in Collateral. And Steve Martin in The Spanish Prisoner. Spanish Prisoner call. That's a nice one. That's a good David Mamet movie. Uh, April writes, Denzel in Training Day. Oscar winning performance. And lastly, uh, Rob writes, Harry Fonda. Henry Fonda in Once Upon a Time in the West. Classic pick. All right, so then we were asked some questions here. Um, Tyler asks, what do you think the future trend of horror films will be? For example, the 80s were the decade of slashers, the 30s were the universal monsters, and lately it seems to be exorcism or demonic movies. I really like horror films, and I'm really wondering where the genre could go from here, good or bad. Um, First off, I should say anyone that uh, likes the show and maybe it's a recent listener or just missed October, we had five bonus episodes in our last October um, where we discussed horror throughout the decades. They were focused on every decades, decade yeah. of horror films, and we had some fun guests on those shows, and they were a lot of fun to record. Um, so we've talked plenty about these various decades of horror and even got into kind of where we think things are going next. Um, as far as where they are going, not sure. Uh, horror always kind of comes in waves in terms of the popular thing on the street. Right now, right. it's yeah, de- de- demonic social media. Social media is a good place to take it, I guess, given kind of yeah. current trends. Well, they've got that. Yeah, they've got that unfriend trailer. Unfriend, like, yeah, this looks out. interesting. I mean, found footage. I wouldn't say it's on. It's. it's I think that it's kind of on the decline. Uh, though, I yeah. mean, it's not happening as nearly as much. So that's you know, it's fair to yeah. say. I would kind of go and venture into the topic of uh, kind of like the real stuff, like the home invasion kind of movies. Um, I'm curious to see if they would do that uh, as like a big wave. Yeah, that's of something. kind of been—it's not as prevalent. It's not all as throughout as others have been in recent years. But you have had enough, like the purge. I mean, is essentially home invasion. The first one's home invasion. The third, second one's a little more yeah. expanded, but still has that kind of—that's its backbone, I guess, because it takes mm-hmm. place in a, a, a semblance of reality, so to speak. Um, <laughs> You know, I hope witches make yeah. a comeback. There aren't enough good witch movies. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, Hocus Pocus can't stand that's there not alone. As frightening as it was in 1993. <laughs> I'm not sure if I remember 100 percent correctly, but isn't that kind of where the Paranormal Activity series was yeah, going? That is, that's exactly that's it, the it was. Of, yeah, I mean, it's a mix of kind of demonic. And I think demonic, it comes back. Like, like a witch, there's a witch coven yeah. involved in the kind of demonic activities right. taking place. 
Yeah, when you get to Paranormal Activity three, that's kind of what you. God, learned. that was so scary. That was three really spooky. High- All yeah. those old ladies. Well, I mean, like, well, the camera turns on. It's just like, yeah. what? Three's the, three's the highlight yeah. at this point because it's like the most. It's, Agreed. It's I best, completely it's agree. Three movie. is like, so the, scary. I, I, I like yeah. the series in general. We've talked about this in the past, but I think three, because I don't care about the found footage aspect of it. Like, it's like I no one think no one knows no one thinks this is real. Who cares? Like, I, I I'd rather just see a better yeah, made movie agreed. than one that really tries to, you know hard to represent the fact that maybe this happened. Like, who cares? I just want to see a good movie in that three. With that rotating fan camera and all these things, like uh-huh. that oh one, my yeah, god, th- there's a lot of clever things in that one that the kind of made yeah. me uh, jump out of my screen and squirm a little bit. Um, question about that before we leave that topic: Did you guys, what did you guys think of the marked ones? Is it kind of like is, is, is the um, it, 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 okay. it has shotguns against ghosts, which is always cool. Um, but, Interesting. But I, I think, but I, I've I've been saying that the uh, the odd numbered paranormal activity movies are the best ones because I think two and four are the weaker ones of the series, while one, three, and marked ones are like fun to me. Interesting. It's not okay. like that. I thought Mark ones moved the story forward the most out of all of them as far as the mythology, which I thought was the best part. I thought it was probably the least yeah. scary, but as far as plot and th- that twist at the end, now I, now I just remember it. That twist at the end yeah, is nuts. it has nuts. a great ending in terms of, like, if you're a fan of the, the, the exactly, mm. if you're a fan of the kind of the mythology of the paranormal activity movies, there's a really good ending of Mark ones. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Okay. And uh, last question from Jason is, now that we have a chef reboot, who would you like to be as John Shaw? Courtney. That would be amazing. Um, <laughs> I thought you said a chef reboot. I was like, chef just came John out. Courtney. <laughs> Traveling with his son. Um, let's see who would who Jack could play Courtney, who, Australian who could play chef now. Like like it's not it doesn't have to be young because chef. I mean Richard Roundtree wasn't you know young when he was the first when he was chef originally. He was like in his thirties or forties yeah. maybe. Um, Count, count Sam, Jackson, with, yeah, uh, Sam, Sam Jackson, Jackson was Sam Jackson at that point. Yeah. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't young Sam. It wasn't Goodfellas Sam Jackson. That's the reference I go to for young Sam Jackson. <laughs> I was like, he wasn't coming to he America. Wasn't juice Sam, Sam Jackson. Jackson back then. Juice. <laughs> Let's go over all of Sam him. Jackson's movies. Let's take a look. No, um, <laughs> um, who? I feel I like Idris Elba could. He was pretty good on The Wire, and he does a pretty good American yeah. accent when he wants. To. That's yeah. one where it's like he, he's Morgan Freeman. Leader. It's like, do I need to see him as Shaft? Also, like. That's true. Yeah, I mean, he's. I mean, he's a solid. He's a solid actor for sure. I'm like, I, I'm happy to see Idris Elba as anything. I'm happy to see him as you know. I couldn't think of a fun example, so I'm just gonna stop there and let edit eight, eight minutes <laughs> that part. Um, <laughs> sure. Bing That's Rames. not gonna be edited. Bing, well, Bing Rames is like he was Kojak on for a while, which was weird. Uh, God. Wesley Snipes. Boom. Always been on black. That's true. Um. Where, what about like Michael K. Williams? Get Omar from The Wire. Oh, that'd be interesting. I, I thought you were gonna go with yeah. what I was thinking, Michael J. Michael White. J. White. And I was like, yeah. yeah. Well, like, he's no, but he's on um, Black Dynamite. There's like, what? There's no reason. He's Black Dynamite. No reason I know, which is the black no location. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, like, what other solid black actors are there? That would be interesting. Michael K. Williams, if you had him as Shaft. He's a, he's such a defined he's such a character actor at this point with him so it seems like he'd play like the guy Shaft would like need get to get info. He's from. a Shaft's like, right hand man, or the, the be, guy gets be the Buster gets, Rhymes gets beat up. Samuel Jackson Shaft in the in the Shaft. Shaft. <laughs> what about the guy who uh, not to give anything away on Walking Dead, but who recently left Walking Dead? I don't oh, know the yes, actor's that's name. That's another but... wire actor, actually. <laughs> um, Chad Coleman. 
is the actor. Um, yeah, okay. It's pretty much, I think, Abe, we're, we're going on pretty much any black actor from The Wire. Anybody <laughs> from The Wire? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chad Coleman Wendell, is on The Wire. Wendell Interesting. Uh, Wendell Pierce. Yeah. yeah, he'd be like, shaft. Uh, <laughs> so I guess the moral of this ant- of this question is to watch The Wire, as uh, it seems to come up often on this podcast. That'd be great. I think that's uh, that's it for feedback, Abe. Oh, so feedback, now feedback, I think feedback. It might be a time for something else. For maybe some games. Beep boop beep. Aaron has a xylophone. Okay, so I have an I have a game for you guys this week, and I know you're like, there's a I'm game excited. too. We got that brilliant music just then, but yes, in fact, there is a game. We give the people that's, what they want. Yeah, that's right. Um, this game is called I quote. I star, I plot. Um, and basically I have a number of robot-themed movies here, and I'm going to, for the first one, I'm going to read I quote, which is a quote from the film, I star, which is the na- last name of one of the stars from the film, and I plot, which is a very brief summary of the plot. And you have to guess, from those three clues, you have to guess what movie I'm referring to. Then, after that, the winner of each prior question gets to choose either quote, star, or plot, and I will read one of those things. Interesting. And you will try to figure mm. out from there, or I'll you know give the other two as well. You know, we'll take another long. Choose exactly. your own adventure, huh? Mm. So I, I'm I'm happy with Oof, this. One. This is a complicated well, it, game. Robots are complicated <laughs> beings. <laughs> um, so for the first one, I'm going to read all three, but then the next one, whoever wins this one, gets to choose which one. So just when yeah. you know the if you know the answer, just chat out your name and then say the answer. Yeah. Go of grout and wrath, by the way, on those. Um, <laughs> here is the first one. Roll out the beef. Yeah. Abe. Uh, Optimus Prime. What's the name of the movie? Or Transformers. Jordan. Oh, God. <laughs> I'll give it to Abe this time. I was going to yes. steal it. <laughs> okay, so it is Transformers. By the way, my plot was, they are more than what your ocular cavity suggests. That's, That's what pretty I pretty good. <laughs> um, okay, so... That could be any Transformers movie. Jordan, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I'm going to go with the quote. Okay. I quote. When people were still killed by people. Hmm. Yes. Jordan. Yeah. Rap. It is, is this iRobot? Nice. All right. Went out on a limb there. Uh, let's go with starring. Hamilton. Jordan yeah. Rath. The Terminator. is the correct answer. Ah. Linda Hamilton. Linda Hamilton. Linda, yeah. Let's shake it up and uh, do plot. This officer takes some assembly. Yeah. Jordan Rath. Oh. Robocop. Robocop. Is the Jordan Rath Darn. has this game down. He's, yeah, he's <laughs> on a roll here. Uh, let's do quote. This is like the toughest one for quote. Join us and live in peace, or pursue your course and face obliteration. Grout, Blade nope. Runner. <sighs> I'll say the. Say it one more time. Join us and live in peace, or pursue your course and face obliteration. Hmm. I'm gonna read the others. The star. Okay. This won't help you, Rennie. The plot: Mister Alien goes to Washington, and brings a robot. <laughs> oh. Uh, Kraut, do you think you know it? I know this. The Daily of System. Okay. Oh. Here's the next oh. one. Well, actually, Kraut, you choose. Oh. Um, 
uh, uh, plot. The workers, the workers on the bottom, want to come up to the top. Yeah. Ground. Um. Oh my god. Um. <laughs> I just. Oh, oh my god. They live. Nope. Oh wait, those are aliens. Never mind. This is probably the toughest one. Robots. The workers on the bottom want to come yes. to the top. Hmm. I will say it's a silent film. We're running along. I'm gonna go. It's Metropolis. That's Metropolis. <laughs> it's... There's no real quote. Well, there's a quote, but it's like the silent movie, so I could have just said nothing to like be fun. <laughs> but I didn't have a quote from it. It's just that you're not gonna get it from that. Uh, classic Randy Marlin. Um, I star. Ford. Oh, Ground Blade Runner. Yes, it's what he has. <laughs> 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 Yeah, that I didn't ready, kill yeah. that robot. You're pretty, pretty excited. <laughs> I was gonna kill the robot. Um, what else you got? Quote, plot, star. Okay, quote. what's wrong with? I wasn't okay. sure if you were running out. Quote. What's wrong with Wolfie? Hey. Yep. Terminator, Terminator Two. two. Is the... I chose the most obscure quote possible from Terminator Two. <laughs> what's Love that quote. Wolfie? I can't hear all you. <laughs> Your foster parents are dead. <laughs> um. Cast star. or uh, actor? Garland. Sorry. This is not uh, the one you should have chosen Star for. <laughs> yeah, no. I was like, that's that's pretty obscure for me. Here's, here's the quote. Direct, direct. Okay. Oh, Grout. Wally. Uh, Wally. Yes. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the plot, by the way, was he's been taking out the trash for decades and gets a step up. Wah, wah. <laughs> Alright, I uh, I quote I am not a gun We mentioned this movie in the last segment Here comes the star Diesel yep. Jordan Rath Iron Giant, Iron Giant. is the correct answer uh, Let's do <laughs> Let's do plot He wants to be a real boy Yeah. Jordan Rath Artificial intelligence That's the correct answer Here comes nice. the last one Get in your game, Abe. Uh, I know. Well, I got the okay. Wolfie question. Yeah, everyone knows that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Pick, pick one. Oh, I thought it was the last one. Yeah, I still got to pick that. Uh, quote. Malfunction. Need input. Short, short, short circuit is the correct answer. This might, this yes, might be tough now. I got to count these. Let's see. Abe lost. That was quick counting. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, nothing new there. Okay, I got five for Jordan Rath. Let's count the grouts. My favorite reality show, by the way. Let's count the grouts. On Bravo. <laughs> Jordan Rath is our winner by one point. Woo! Woo! Awesome. I'd like to thank my parents, <laughs> friends. <laughs> Good job, though. Good job, guys. That was a fun game. I liked it. That was, that was that a good, that was fun. <laughs> Alright, now let's do a little Out Now Presents Without Now. These are movies coming out on Blu-ray or DVD this week, and we have a few here. First up is Night at the Museum, Secret of the Tomb, which I enjoyed, yes. actually. That was fun. Oh, okay. Um, let's see, next up is uh, Listen Up, Philip. This is a movie with Jason Schwartzman and Elizabeth Moss. Um, did anybody see this movie? Jordan, did you see this? Jordan, did you see this movie? No, but it's 99 cents on yeah. iTunes this week to rent. Which oh, movie is this again? Men, listen, Women, and Children? No, listen Up, Philip. 
Um, it, it's this, oh, this little no. uh, it's this indie that came out last year. Elizabeth, I mean, both Schwartzman and Moss are really good, but Moss in particular, she's really good in that movie. Um, I'd recommend for uh, Woody Allen crowd, I would say. You'd probably appreciate things. Okay. Uh, next up, we have Legend of Korra, book four, hitting the Blu-ray this week. I mean, hit a Blu-ray. I'm not even there yet. I'm going to sell book three. It's, yeah. a, uh, it's a solid wrap-up of the series. I'll say that. Great. Uh, the Sound of Music, 50th Anniversary Edition, comes out to Blu-ray this week. Starring Star Lady, Lady Gaga? Gaga. No. Um, Great. <laughs> yeah, that happens. And uh, let's see. The <laughs> Breakfast Club, 30th Anniversary Edition. Hey, hey, wow, hey. 30 hey. years. Uh, that's happening. <laughs> and lastly... I have not seen this movie, but just saying the title makes me think we should do a commentary for it. It is called Wolf Cop. Um, <laughs> <laughs> comes out to Blu-ray this week. It's about a, de- I need to, I need to it's look about it a detective right now. that becomes a werewolf and still wants to solve crime. That sounds like a Bloomcamp film. <laughs> Wait, no, I have seen the trailer for, for, for this. For this, Wolf this, Cop. This, yeah, I've seen the trailer for this. This movie looks ridiculous. But also really fun, so I might have to watch it. We'll have to get back okay. to the listeners for this. All right, so that's what's out now. Um, next up is Extremely Cool. These are movies currently streaming on Netflix that we want to recommend to listeners because we are asked to recommend more movies based off of Netflix or streaming services. And Abe, did you have anything for this? Days of Thunders on Amazon uh, Prime okay. Streaming. I'm going to recommend uh, the new series from Tina Fey that debuted on Netflix this past Friday, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Uh, this is Tina Fey's follow-up series of 30 Rock. For some reason, NBC was like, we don't want to follow up to one of our most successful series of the last decade, so we should say no to this. And so Netflix picked up the slack. Right. And they're like, yes, we do want this, and you're hilarious, and it's proven to be true because it is quite a funny show. Very much, if if you're a fan of 30 Rock, you, there's no reason you'll, know, you'll not like Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. It stars Ellie Kemper from The Office as a... She was... She's a young woman <laughs> who was a member of a cult that was living underground, uh, for years and years, and only recently found out that things actually weren't bad on the surface and left, and is now living a new life in New York. Um, but it's a very funny show. Uh, people that like Tina Fey or 30 Rock or just, you know, want to laugh, uh, check it out. It's on uh, Netflix now, all 13 episodes. That was, extre- that was extremely cool. Uh, next week's show, next week we're talking about Cinderella. Ella. Thank you. Uh, this is, of course, the latest from director Kenneth Branagh, who just can't stop now. I mean, after Jack Ryan... He's and Thor. He's like, I gotta keep making movies, guys. Um, and so yeah, we have this one, which stars um, uh, Downtown Abby's Lily James and uh, Kate Blanchett and uh, Rob Stark from Game of Thrones as Prince Charming. So there you go, Cinderella coming up next week. That's what we're gonna talk about on the show. Uh, yes, we will answer the question of how many Dutch angles there are in Cinderella. Well, I mean, it's a Kenneth Branagh yeah, movie, so I, I wouldn't, I would not suspect that there would be. Fewer no, than there's, zero. There's a Brana's dozen, which is, of course, 47. <laughs> uh, uh, last thing here before we wrap up. What should people go see now, and what do you plan to see next? Uh, Jordan Grout. What should people go and see in theaters right now? Go see Paddington. Ooh, good what, oh. what are you going to see next? Oh, uh, uh, Cinderella. All right. Jordan Rath. What should people go see now? I think people should go see Kingsman. Uh, I know that they have, and... That's my favorite movie of the year so far, I would have to say. And it's it's doing pretty good at the box office, which is good for a sequel. So I would say keep supporting that film, especially if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, as far as seeing next, I'll probably go see both Cinderella and Run All Night next weekend. Hopefully Run All Night is 
a little bit better than Leeson or not Leeson Neeson's last outing. So yeah, <laughs> I hope so too. <laughs> I forgot about that. Go see McFarlane USA because you know it helps support California. Maybe. And uh, what I'm going to see next is the Cinderella, or actually tomorrow I'm going to go see uh, what we do in the shadows. I would certainly mm-hmm. recommend what we do in the shadows and uh, Wild Tales if you can find it. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm probably going to see Run All Night next because I can't get enough of that niece and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right. Everyone loves that Joel Kinnaman. J- I, yeah, he's 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 the new Jai Courtney, I think. Um, no, is he? Um, I yeah. don't know. Well, we've we t- we've talked about like them being starring in like the ex- ex- Blandables or something with him and Courtney and Garrett Hedlund and Seth Wor- Sam Worthington and like Liam Hemsworth, just all these you know generic white guys. <laughs> all, all yeah, all the guys who were were once dubbed like. There's apparently going to be an Expendables TV series, by the way. What would that be about? Uh, starring Taylor Kitsch. Starring who? Gonna say. Oh, Taylor. Taylor Kitsch. Starring Kitsch. Taylor Kitsch. <laughs> That'd be, I'd be, I'd feel bad for Taylor Kitsch because he's a legit good actor. <laughs> yeah, he's he's pretty decent. He's my favorite among the bland white guy actors that we've gotten in these years. <laughs> Isn't Taylor Kitsch going to be in True Detective? Yes, he is. is he yeah. really? Interesting. Yeah. He and uh, and Vince Vaughn, who desperately needs something like True Detective, and Col- and they Colin Farrell, do. who I always like in things. So I mean, it's like good on him. He's choosing a good project. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, I do like Colin. Uh, all right, I think. With all that said, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Out Now with Aaron and Abe. So, you can find more of my work on my personal blog at codezeek.com. You can find all my written movie reviews, as well as uh, starting this week, uh, rantlifestyle.com uh, for all my various uh, movie-related uh, entertainment news articles. This is weird to say. I haven't said this before. Um, you can also find me on Twitter <laughs> at Aaron's PS4. Abe? You can find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.blogspot.com and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Hashtag I don't know. Jordan Rath, where can people uh, find more of your work online? So you can find more of my work, uh, movie reviews and game reviews at rathsreviews.com. And Jordan Grout, which dumpster can people find you chewing out of this week? <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> <laughs> that only happened once. You can uh, go to Twitter at Amsterdam Chap, or you can go to uh, this week, you can go to Why So Blue and probably Thursday you'll see a great review of the new uh, Airbud right. movie. Good. <laughs> awesome. uh, you can find all the episodes of Out Now with Aaron and Abe on iTunes and at Stitcher as well as at hhwlod.com. That is the fun podcast network that hosts our show along with other fun shows including the Walking Dead TV podcast, DC TV podcast, and other fun shows about games and TV and comics and stuff. You can also find our episodes over at outnow.podomatic.com as well as soundcloud.com. Slash out now podcast. Email us at at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on Chappie or just send us an audio recording of you saying Chappie. Chappie. You can also interact with us over at facebook.com slash out now podcast or you can tweet us at twitter.com slash out now underscore podcast. page out now podcast.tumblr.com or feel free to use the voicemail line where you can also record the, the word Chappie at 972-798-3830. So, Jordan, <laughs> Jordan, thank you both for joining us this week. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you, oh, Jordan. thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Nice meeting you, Jordan. Oh, it's been a pleasure meeting you as well. Hello, John. <laughs> Hello, Hello, John. Dino DMA. So, until next week when we discuss Cinderella and the pumpkin and the godmothers and the evil stepsisters and the eviler stepmother and the Prince Charming and other and things of that nature. Glass shards. And especially Stellan Sarsgaard's mustache. That's going to do it for this week's episode. So, until next time, so long. And goodbye. But she wanna live out the life
Chappy, 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 chappy,